0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Riggs Rag podcast. A little earlier than usual this time, uh, with the NFL Combine coming up on February 26th. Just me and Jacob today, Jacob Kameker, so we can uh, have a little bit of a debated discussion about some of the key prospects and some of the targets that Washington might have a affinity for. And uh, just a, just a heads up for this, guys. You know, um, I think me and Jacob always try to make our opinions less an amalgamation of other opinions, and we try to. Really, we try to be reliable messengers for you guys, but if you ever have a disagreement or anything, the tape is there. You know, it's on YouTube. It's usually available. So if you've got time, if you want to see what you can see from a prospect, go ahead and do it because everyone sees different things as you're going to find out in a minute. But first off, Jacob, it's a beautiful Sunday. Not really beautiful over here, but it's a Sunday. How you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. It's a, a, I guess it's a not-so-beautiful Sunday here, too. Got a lot of rain, but can't complain. It's warmer than usual, so some of the snow's melting.
0: Yeah, yeah. We ran a few polls for you guys, and um, we were wondering, if we did a podcast before the combine, would you rather hear about offensive prospects or defensive prospects and overwhelmingly in favor of offense? So we're going to start out with some quarterbacks. I don't necessarily believe that the Redskins should go quarterback early, but there's a very real possibility that Coach will get into that. We'll talk about wide receivers and a few more offensive prospects, and then we'll move on to an edge debate at the very end, talking about some of the top edge guys. So let's get right into the quarterback position, because I know me and Jacob are kind of, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray are kind of less likely to um. Be picked by the Redskins just because. Well, Haskins will probably be the first QB off the board, and then Murray. He'll be gone not long after that. And uh, you look at—I know Jones is a guy that the Redskins have shown interest in, and Locke as well. Daniel Jones versus Drew Locke, Jacob. I know you really like Daniel Jones, and what are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, so Daniel Jones. When I first scouted all the quarterbacks in this draft, he actually came out as my QB one. And I agree with you, Ian, that this class isn't necessarily one you want to have to take a quarterback in. It's much weaker than last year's draft and much weaker than next year's draft. With Jones, I just see all the traits that I think can make a franchise quarterback. He's got a good frame, he's got solid accuracy, and he's tough, and he generally knows what he's doing on the field. He's got mobility, he can make any throw, he knows how to put touch on his passes, he can fit it into tight windows. He has high football IQ, too, and just short to intermediate range, he, he gets the ball where it needs to go a lot of the time and has really good footwork and mechanics, from what I can tell. Um, The big concern with Jones is sometimes he makes bad decisions, especially under pressure, where he'll just try to throw the ball up to someone or he'll try to scramble out of it because he has that good mobility. That's not going to fly at the NFL level. But when I watched him play, when I watched the few games that I saw him in, He just looked like he had what it takes to be that franchise quarterback. And when everything's going right, I could see him ending up as a Carson Wentz type player at the next level. And I also think he has the highest floor of the quarterback prospects, and worst case scenario, he's going to be like Ryan Tannehill, where maybe you can get by with him as a starter, but you shouldn't. So that's why I like Jones. I think he has everything you need to um, make a good quarterback, but I know that you are much less high on Jones. You prefer Locke, so what did you see that you didn't like from Jones, and what do you see in Locke?
0: Well, I'll just I'll tell you right now, Jacob, because um, I I did want to watch Jones in preparation for this pod, so I watched a little bit, and right away, man, I was blown away by his pocket presence. I think part of that was watching him right after Locke, because Locke's pocket presence and his footwork is kind of shaky. And uh, Jones, he stands tall, man. He's tough as nails. So I, I got to give him credit for that. Um, he steps up into lanes to keep his eyes downfield. I think his internal clock is a little too slow at times, though. He doesn't sense the guy behind him. So he took a lot of bad sacks from what I saw. So that was that was one thing I put down. Um, he, he's really good at a play action, though, in the quick game. That seemed to be his biggest strength. I think Jones is adequate in like every area, almost every area. But the thing with me in this debate If I'm drafting a quarterback this high up, I'm looking long-term. I'm looking potential. I'm looking how good can I make this guy? Uh, Lance Zerline tweeted something a few days ago that really mirrored my sentiments on this. Uh, You don't just draft a prospect for what he is. You draft him for what he can become. And uh, with Jones, I see that he's adequate. But I just don't see the upside. you know His arm talent to me is a little more linear than some other guys. You know he, he can throw bullets, but uh, when, when he's on the run, you know when he needs to make something out of nothing, does he have the talent? Does he have the arm elasticity to do that? I didn't see that. I saw more of that lock. I was blown away by Locke's arm talent, the, the potential that his arm has. He can throw at different angles and put a ton of zip on it. You know, he can touch and velocity and also accuracy. I don't think either is as inaccurate as people are led to believe, but I think Locke's inaccuracy is more stemmed from his footwork. Whereas Jones, just his arm just can't do as much. From what I saw, and I, I look at Locke and I just like, if you can fix the footwork, because so many of his fundamental issues... Uh, the reason that Locke doesn't always go through his progressions, the reason, the reason that he can't always throw it with anticipation. When his feet are set, he, he does do that. And he does show that. He manipulates the safeties with his eyes. When his feet aren't set, he doesn't. But I think if you can fix his feet, he has so much potential with his athleticism and his arm. And he's he's a good leader, too. I do like the uh, character aspect of it, but I know Jones is, too. So for me, it's just upside versus, you know, st- static. What are they now? That's That's just how I think about it.
1: Yeah, and I can I can understand that to an extent. I've seen Locke play. I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, but I watched a bunch of Missouri games throughout the year. I watched him play Georgia. You know, I see a lot of Jay Cutler in Locke. Georgia
0: was bad. That was a bad one of his bad games, I think.
1: Yeah, I think it was too. Just from what I saw, he just didn't. Because I was looking forward to watching that game live, and you know, getting the first look at Locke. Because that was when it was thought he'd be probably the top QB prospect yeah. in this draft. Yeah, he didn't look good in that game, and I see the footwork issues that you talk about, but he still has that cannon arm. I really see a lot of Jay Cutler in him. Um, not from the personality standpoint; his personality is much. No offense, Jay Locker or no Jay Locker, Jay Cutler. <laughs> God, I'm I'm screwing up names now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah Locke has a much more palatable personality but Locke's ability to throw the ball is going to be similar to Cutler's if you can't fix that footwork it's going to be a problem and it's going to cause a lot of turnovers because if you don't have the mechanics you're more likely to make those throwing errors that you discussed on tape so that's just the one area I have concern for him footwork is notoriously I think hard to fix because I remember when Ryan Mallett was on the Patriots um Mallett had like a cannon arm I think but He had like the worst footwork. Yeah. So they never were able to do anything with him. See, I I agree with you in that I wouldn't take quarterback in this class, but if I'm taking one, I want one that I know is gonna at least amount to something. I don't know if I see that as much with Locke. I think he has a higher ceiling, but his floor is just so low that he could just end up being like completely inaccurate. So that that's why I have Jones above Locke, but I really like Jones, just from what I've seen on tape, and I think Jones, if he had a better supporting cast around him, some of the issues with his accuracy wouldn't be seen as, as bad, uh, because he had some throws that were very catchable, and his receivers dropped oh. a lot of passes. Oh yeah,
0: that was one thing I saw. His His receivers dropped so many passes. Now some of those passes weren't perfect, but he did have some dimes that were just flat out dropped.
1: Exactly. And, you know, those those passes that weren't on target, there were a few that were a little bit behind the receiver, but that could be worked on, and an NFL receiver probably would have caught that. The bigger issue is Jones tends to overthrow his receivers sometimes, and that's where his inaccuracy stems from. He has to get a little bit better downfield throwing the ball. But yeah. I think with better weapons, he would be better.
0: Yeah, yeah. And for me, I think they're both guys who have. I think Locke's floor is a little higher than people are led to believe. I think he'll, he'll have a future in the NFL, definitely. And I think, for me, the factor that plays into whether we should draft Locke is how available is Alex Smith going to be as a mentor? Because I know he did a lot of good things for Patrick Mahomes. And I think if he was there kind of advising Locke, because Locke will have, have to hit the ground running if he were drafted by the Redskins because you don't want to get thrown out in NFL preseason with the kind of footwork that he has because pressure is going to come quicker you going to have to make quicker decisions I think his decision making when he's not pressured when he is able to stand pat and you know actually think about it is really good and I think his accuracy is really good when he's when he's got a solid base but it's just when it falls apart for both of these quarterbacks really I think when this when the when the um, rhythm falls apart, they don't do as well. But that's kind of a rookie thing. And that hopefully that'll get worked out of the kinks. But Alex Smith, his availability really plays a big hand because if he's not available, that's what worries me. But watching both of them hasn't changed my opinion. I'd rather kind of, I'd rather kind of wait on the quarterbacks this year, or, you know, you could draft one of the gems later on. I know Brett Ripien is there. And I told Jacob this before the pod and he was like, what? But as of now, I do have Rippian as my QB4 and Jones as my QB5. I think Rippian, just—he's very accurate. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in this class, and he's—he's he's a little. His frame is a little smaller, but I—I I do think he has the most polish, and he'll be available uh, at a better value spot. I think the Redskins could get him in round three. I know some mocks have had him going round five. I don't—I don't see him dropping that far, but um, because I don't think his arm is as weak as some people say it is. You know, he can make all the throws, and he—he he shows flashes where he can throw downfield and hit guys you know, in stride. But it's just. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. So, but I, I, would definitely be on board with kind of filling some holes early and getting Rippian, uh, later on too.
1: Yeah. I like Rippian a lot as the, the guy to pick in that with that third round compensatory pick we got for Kirk Cousins. If you want to address, say, receiver edge, offensive line safety with those three picks in front of that, then I could, I could get behind having Rippian there. I don't see Jones as worse than Rippin at all. Um, uh, but that's that's a debate for another time i see a lot of colt mccoy and brett Ripon, a really accurate college quarterback maybe doesn't have the best arm strength but knows how to throw the ball if he gets good coaching at the nfl level he can be a solid starter yeah i know that hasn't worked out for mccoy but he's also had some injury issues and i mean for crying out loud he was on the browns <laughs> uh, so can't really blaming too much but if you had mccoy and rippon this year with a stronger supporting cast, that could work out. And then, you know, if you end up having a bad year at 2020, there's much more solid quarterback. So I think I might like that better than taking a first-round quarterback, um, depending on how free agency goes, of course.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do want to clarify my biggest issue with Jones is kind of like Locke, is that when things go off script, he just, he's not consistent at all. Like, uh, the quick game is his biggest strength, but I saw so much at the quick game, you know, what, does he do if he's asked to expand on that and I I didn't see enough from him especially with his average arm talent for me to consider that but you know I think we both made some pretty good points about the quarterbacks and you know if you want a higher floor go with Jones if you think upside is more important uh, go with Locke definitely a lot of arguments there I mean and who knows maybe the Redskins will trade up to draft Murray or Haskins I know Haskins is a pretty he's my most pro ready quarterback I really like his um how smart he is! How quickly he can diagnose on the field. Although I do think his arm is a little limited. Murray, it's the opposite. I, I want to see more from him, looking through his progressions. But his he's got elite speed and elite arm talent, and you know it's just sometimes you can't can't go wrong with that. But we've we've talked for quarterbacks for about fifteen minutes, so let's move on to um, wide receivers. I know some of you wanted to hear about those. Jacob, who are some of your favorite receivers in this draft?
1: Well, this this receiver draft I think is extremely deep. So this is if you need receivers, this is a good class to have a need in. I'm a big fan of what Debo Samuel did oh, um, yes. during the senior bowl and during his final season at South Carolina. He has great quickness and he's like a red zone threat despite being five foot eleven or six feet, however much however he's gonna measure in. 5'11, because,
0: 215 is what he is now, but the combine's in a couple days, so
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking He's got that route-running ability. He's got the speed. He can return kicks. He's just a versatile all-around weapon that you can play him probably anywhere on the field. And I think that he has – like, his potential for the NFL is sky high because he can catch the ball, he can run deep, and he's a red zone threat even at a smaller size. So, I mean, he may have trouble against bigger, more physical defensive backs at the next level, but he's a guy I love if, if he somehow gets to the Redskins' round two pick – I wouldn't waste time at all before passing the draft card to pick him.
0: Dude, he is. Uh, we are in the same boat there. He is my favorite receiver, honestly. Value wise, I mean, he's he's so quick and compact and a really good route runner, but a uh, versatile and like you said, you know, that's the name of the game in today's NFL is versatility. So I really like Debo. Uh, DK Metcalf has been mocked to the Redskins uh, often this offseason, but if he tests like people think he's going to, I don't think he lasts at number fifteen. Um, And plus, you know, with this receiver class, it's kind of, it's weird. It's really deep, but there's not a lot of top-end talent, like top, top top-end talent. So I think if DK separates himself with a good combine performance, then the book will be written there. Um, Another name, a few names I wrote down, um, Kelvin Harmon is a good option. He's a kind of fluid for his size. He's 6'3", 213, but a good run blocker, just a solid guy there. But Uh, One guy I don't want to draft, Uh, I don't know if you're in the same boat here, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown.
1: Okay, so I loved Marquise Brown in the lead up, um, you know, at the end of his senior season or whatever, his junior season, I think, actually. Um, I loved him. I loved what he was doing in Oklahoma. I loved the idea of adding that speed threat. He reminded me of T.Y. Hilton. But this latest injury to him, I think it's a Liz Frank issue that he's dealing with, and he had injury issues at the end of his time in Oklahoma, too. He's just got such a small frame at 5'11", roughly 160 pounds. Uh, Yeah, that's what (laughs) I'm seeing. Um, He's obviously a deep speed threat. And, you know, the Hilton comparison I like a lot because Hilton was really small coming into the NFL, but he's bulked up a little bit and has been stronger. But I'd be a little bit wary of drafting Brown because of those injury issues he has, the frame, and the fact that the Redskins the past couple years have had such terrible, terrible luck with injuries. Um, I just don't know if that fit is going to work. I do think Brown is going to be a good playmaker at the NFL level, though. So if they did draft him, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I would have my worries.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's he's he's small for me. It's um another thing that goes into that is they paid Paul Richardson forty million, five years, eight million a year to be their speed guy. So I don't want to give up on him just yet. So if you're going to draft a receiver. Don't draft him just on speed. And to me, Brown, the biggest asset he has is speed, but behind that, there's not a lot there. So I want a more versatile guy. And so Debo is the guy who fits that bill. Uh, a few more names just to acclimate you guys with some prospects. Cause I know everyone wanted to hear about some more options in the first few rounds. Nikhil Harry is a pretty good option. Uh, some questions about his top end speed, but running after the catch guys, he is very exciting to watch. One of the most exciting watches I had. And, um, He's really good at high pointing the ball too. So, uh, route running is kind of of kind of a concern for him, but he's a pretty good option. Hakeem Butler, uh, really big, but an easy mover for a size, athletic, big play threat from Iowa State. AJ Brown's more of a slot guy, uh, with with uh, quick feet, and then JJ R. C. Whiteside. I, I had a chance to watch a little of him before this pod, and uh, he's got good size, active feet. Uh, not the best free mover, but he, he's really good at high-pointing the ball and uh, really good at just securing the catch. So those are some guys, and then there's a few sleepers. I don't know. Is there someone that you really like, Jacob, in the, um I don't know, round 3-4 area?
1: Well, I'll get to that in a minute, but just addressing a couple of the guys that you brought up, I think one of the big concerns about the guys that are going to go in the maybe second to fourth round of this draft is they all have size, but who can really separate? That's yeah. going to be the big question. Because yeah. Arcega Whiteside, Nikhil Harry, and Hakeem Butler all have great size for their frame. And I, I really think it's going to come down to at the combine who shows the best route running ability and who might have the speed to gain a little bit of separation because, you know, those upper level or those taller guys can obviously high point balls, but if that's your only skill set, you're not going to really do a ton at the NFL level. So. Yeah. That's what I'm watching for. Uh, my sleeper at receiver, I'm horribly biased because he's from my alma mater. And oh, we don't no. have a lot of good uh, football players. Oh, no. Andy Isabella from UMass. Um, he's, he's on the small side. He's going to measure in about 5'9 or 5'10. But he has track star speed. He can fit it in the slot. He can return punts. And he's a really good route runner, too. He's kind of the guy in the NFL that could be a, a perfect – Uh, Perfect deep threat, but also will have the ability to play in the slot and really make plays after the catch. Uh, He had a couple thousand yard uh, seasons at UMass and 10 touchdowns in each of the years. Um, On tape, his speed shows. And, you know, he just knows how to play. If the Redskins see him on the board with their first third round pick at, I think, 12th overall in the third round, I would snap him up because he could end up being a slot replacement for Jamison Crowder. And I know we have Trey Quinn there, but. Isabella can also play a little bit outside he doesn't really have the the size to do that but you know if you're using him as a deep threat or a situational guy that can play the slot I can really see him succeeding at the next level
0: so are you saying that Isabella is a poor man's Trey Quinn (laughs) Uh, I don't know (laughs) if I'd say
1: that because I think their skill sets are a a little bit too different in terms of Trey Quinn being a high volume receiver and Isabella being really a big time speed threat type guy uh, but having both of them would certainly give them some more interesting options at receiver. I will say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was kind of just messing around with the trade Quinn hype. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, I think that I agree with you. That's the mold they should go. And Isabella is an the option there. Uh, some other guys in the later rounds, if they want to go with that slot mold, which, you know, if you let Crowder go, if you get another, another position in the first and second rounds, you're going to be going with this, um, I know Dylan Mitchell from Oregon is a guy who could go late, who's a very good route runner. Uh, Hunter Renfro as well from Clemson. He's a very good route runner. Uh, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State, although he could be a riser because he's just athletic really quick laterally. Um, Paris Campbell also from Ohio State, not as refined as McLaurin, but a good return threat. So uh, the Redskins seem like they always need return help every year, so that could definitely assist them. Uh, Tyree Brady, Marshall is a guy that I've been high on for a while. He's pretty good, pretty athletic. Penny Hart uh, showed some flashes at the Senior Bowl. And uh, Greg Dorch, Dorch the Torch. I'm kind of a fan of this guy. He's uh, pretty quick, pretty quick. Uh, some refining to do, some effort concerns as well. But he, he's got some potential on day three. So there's, those are some wide receiver prospects. And um, a lot of ways that the Redskins can go with this draft. And we don't really know how they value that need, too. It's kind of weird because they have josh Doxson, you know they have paul richardson coming back they might view that as a pretty good tandem so they could wait until like round six or something and get a guy who they can develop or they might just go all out in round one so i guess we'll see what happens but another position they could go in round one and we've got a few minutes left so we'll spend a little time on this we've written a few scouting reports for you guys first round prospect scouting reports on edge rushers and uh, if preston smith walks then the redskins Going round one, and edge rusher, is the chance of that is much, much higher. So we've we've, uh, we've scouted a few guys for you. Jacob, I know you scouted Cleland Farrell, but uh, is he your favorite guy, or is there someone else you like more there?
1: Um, I like Cleland Farrell, um, or Cleland Farrell, however he says it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not convinced that his fit in a 3-4 defense is going to be that good. Um, he has good athletic ability, and, you know, he can win at the point of attack. Um, he actually, to an extent, reminds me of Ryan Kerrigan, where people really like his effort, his motor, his ability to win at the point of attack, but his athleticism isn't quite what people want it to be for a 3 4. Um, so, Furl could work out in the Redskins defense, but I think they would go a different direction just because of the questions there. I got you. Um, of, the, of the guys that are going to be available with that pick, I think Montez Sweat is the guy that I would most want to see. Uh, He just has, has really good length, good size. He was great at the senior bowl. And on tape, he's one of the few early round edge rushers that I've seen that is also very good against the run. He knows what he has to do. He has a good motor. He can win with strength, length, and speed at the point of attack. So I think I would like to see him because I think he'd be the natural replacement for Preston Smith because they kind of have a similar long athletic frame. But Sweat could be a plug-and-play guy there, and he would come cheaper than um, Smith. So he's the guy I like now. I know you like a different edge rusher, I'm pretty sure. So if you want to talk about him, go for it. Yeah, he's a guy
0: that's kind of similar to Sweat in a sense, but I think he's more athletic. I think he's more um, of a free mover uh Brian Burns I watched him and guys if you read my article I literally wrote I did not intend for this to be a love fest but I was watching his tape man and he's got everything I can't you know he's a little underweight and that's gonna scare people away but he's got the length where he he can grab offensive linemen and he's so quick with his hands he's got really good hand technique and I saw a lot of diverse pass rush moves from him a cross chop you know swipe moves. so I was really impressed with that and he, he just keeps linemen's hands off them and then he uses his lateral ability and quickness uh, to get around guys and really make an impact and so I was really impressed with that and um, it, it didn't really hurt him in run defense too because I know sweat sweat strength really is a utility for him in run defense length and strength because uh, he, he can grapple guys and just kind of impose himself but burns while burns is not as physically imposing he you know he, he doesn't lose ground you know he's a very I think he he maintains leverage well. And his length is just such a big part of what he does. I watched one of his clips from 2017. I was not a fan, but uh, he he progressed so much in 2018. I think with his athleticism and with his burst, you know, his burst at times looks like Ja'Kai Polite's, you know, a guy with that kind of potential. I'm all bo- I'm on board completely, but uh, if he's gone, Sweat's a good option too. And I know Ja'Kai Polite has some 3-4. I think Polite's the best fit for the 3-4 outside linebacker, although they do kind of mix it up a little bit. It's not really strictly a 3-4, but Poite's definitely got the best burst out of the bunch by a little bit. I think Burns is pretty is very good there as well. Um Poite, the issue with him for me is he's not as long, so he can't maintain that leverage and run defense. And that that showed up a lot on tape where he was trying to rush, but he, he wasn't long enough to keep the O lineman's hands off him, and then he was just done when once he was handled. So uh, that's. I, I think he's more of a one-trick pony at the next level with his speed rushing, and I think I think Burns is more versatile all around, but um, I know you're not as high on Burns. Do you want to explain that?
1: Yeah, I watched a, a few games of tape on him, one from 2017, which I agree with you, I did not like at all, and then a couple from this past year, and I definitely see his potential as a speed rusher. I mean, his get-off at the line is incredible. He can beat pretty much any tackle he faces with that speed, but there are a couple things that concern me. Uh, one is his, act- his fit-and-run defense. I, I didn't see the same things that you did. I thought that uh, often if it wasn't a pass for a scenario or a scenario where he could go get someone behind the, behind the line for a loss, I kind of thought he didn't put forth full effort almost. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that has something to do with um, the fact that Florida State wasn't great last year or... The fact that Burns is a little bit on the lighter side, so he may not have wanted to risk injury as much. I don't see him as being a superimposing run defender, a guy who's going to be able to really set the edge with that. So I don't view him as a one-trick pony necessarily, but if you're not having him rush the passer, it's hard for me to envision him being a big-time playmaker. He was all right in coverage. He definitely moved well in space. Yeah. I just I'd be wary of spending the 15th pick on him. I have more of a late first early second grade on him uh, just because I think there is a chance that he might not be able to really play as much as a run defender.
0: Yeah, and that's that's a fair concern and then there's another concern that kind of ties off of that is if he does gain weight, if he does, let's say he's like at 235 right now, let's say he gets to 245 or even 250, you know, does that detract from some of the speed qualities that we've seen from him? So that That'll be interesting. I think his upside is good enough, though. I, I have him. Honestly, he's one of my top prospects. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of compiling a big board right now, and he's in my top five right now. I haven't scouted a ton of players. He'll probably end up being in my top 10, though, and I, I would pick him hands down at 15. But, you know, that that's what happens in draft season. You're always going to get different opinions, and that's the fun part about it. And, Jacob, one thing that I've kind of noticed as I'm kind of scouting more guys is that you never say outright no. To anyone, You know, it's always like if this happens or if this happens, then I'll pick this guy or like if he can do this. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot. of, It's not black and white. It's a lot of gray area. And that's that's the funnest part about it for me. And there's a lot of guys that we're going to be talking about in the future where it's like, you know, it, it could happen. But, you know, this, this, this and this, these are the uh, predatory, predetor- the predecessory traits or something that they'll have to get. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's fun to kind of go through the process and learn more about it
1: yeah exactly you know it everyone's gonna have different opinions uh teams are gonna have different opinions than analysts but you just kind of got to look at what's in front of you and say this is what i think let's see what happens and we'll know more as mock draft season rolls along and As free agency happens and yeah um you want to close this out with one sleeper you got looking into the combine or someone you think could be a big riser
0: just uh any position i think um I'm I'm biased so I am going to but you used your bias card once so I'll use mine now and Fair uh, enough. Yeah, uh, Michigan State corner Justin Lane. I am very high on this guy. Um he he he's got a similar mold to Josh Norman. Um and I think he could be a good successor to Norman and I I've, I've seen him available on day 3. And uh, he's got outstanding length. He's 6'3", 190. Um, I think he had sixteen pass deflections in his senior year or junior year. He was a junior, but um, he's very disruptive at the catch point. Uh, he's really physical, really imposing corner who's competitive. Has competitive fire and just lateral quickness is a little bit of a question, but he 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 did well enough to stay with guys and I, he he gave Terry McLaurin and Nikhil Harry fights for their lives. So I really I really like Justin Lane and I think he could be a good developmental corner late for the Redskins.
1: Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. You want to get someone who can replace Norman with that physicality, so yeah, yeah. that would be a, a sensible move to say the least. Yeah, if well, I had to pick one sleeper. My guy is not necessarily a sleeper like late round type guy. It's a guy who could end up going in the first round um that, you know, has not gotten as much buzz as he should. And that's Chauncey Gardner Johnson, that defensive back from florida he's going to be like a a nickel corner safety type in the nfl i watched him on tape and he is a playmaker he has great instincts he can break on um run plays and is a pretty good tackler despite being not small but not the biggest guy out there so in a weak safety class i could see him rising um and if he does well at the combine it really shows off some athletic ability you know, I think he could sneak into that end of the first round type guy. So he's he's a guy I'm keeping an eye on, especially since the Redskins have that big need at safety.
0: Yeah, that's a good option. And I'm, I'm warming myself up to him as I learn more about him. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see what happens. I think we covered a lot of ground though today. We talked about some receivers, some quarterbacks, some edge rushers. I made up a new word. So I think that's a good way to cap it off. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk about more prospects over the course of the offseason. But for now, we are out of time. So peace out. Have a good night.